Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. But, uh, what a blessing. Are you blessed today? Well, Merry Christmas to you. And I want to just say to you, I want you to say to each other, you're in the right place at the right time right now. Right now, I, I'm an especially happy today. Uh, I want to say to you that even even in this even in this atmosphere, I'm a little cold, and so I just brought something special today uh, to remind me. Uh, I just want to remind the Raider fans. So I'm going to wear this as I preach today, guys, if you don't mind. I'm just going to, I'm feeling a little cold. Actually, the Raiders were a little cold yesterday, but no, I'll put it away. I I won't torture you guys. If uh, you haven't been around here, I've been teasing the Raiders for a while. And uh, I was really praying yesterday. (laughs) The last minute. I was going to call Pastor Isaac and say, you're preaching on Christmas Day if we lost. But uh, we're glad you're here. We welcome all of you uh, that are here today. We're glad. And uh, what, a, what a special day to be in the house of God on Christmas Day, right? It's all about Christ. And when you think about Christmas, you know, Christ is first in Christmas. And so we're so glad that we were able to uh, have Christmas Day service and I know there's many other churches that weren't able to do that for whatever reason, but I felt that it's very special that we have church on Christmas Day. It's about Christ. It's about Christ. And I, I just found out that uh, Christmas Day will not fall on a Sunday again for another 10 years. 2033. So, man, I think we got to get the most out of it, man. Get the... Get the, get, just make it a bang, right? Just make it a bang. So we're going we're gonna to continue our last message on this series that we've been talking about, Advent. And Advent actually means arrival. And the Latin word is actually Adventus, which is talking about a special coming or a special arrival. And we know the Advent season is Christ coming to earth. And really, I kind of defined it or many scholars define it as three comings, Christ coming to be born, Christ coming into our hearts, and Christ coming again as king. And we believe that today, that he is coming back. And so we, uh, continuing this series, and Jesus came to be revealed and to rescue us from our sins. So I want to read a verse of scripture here, then we're going to pray, and then we'll get right into this this morning. Uh, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says, for, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Consular, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, today that we're here on Christmas Day to worship you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I pray today, God, that you'll minister to every person in this building, wherever they're at. God, you know everyone's state of mind, where they're at in their hearts today. 
But I pray, God, today that the word of God would just come alive. And Father, I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I pray people would hear the voice behind the voice. In Jesus' name, and everyone said. And today we're going to, we've been talking about the prophetic announcement of Jesus coming to the earth. And uh, this proclamation, there are many prophecies in in the Bible concerning his coming. In fact, Isaiah chapter 9 that I just read, uh, that was prophesied 700 years before it actually happened, that Christ would be born, that he would be born of a virgin, and the chances of that happening and being fulfilled so accurately are, are almost slim to none. Basically, it couldn't, it couldn't happen unless it was God was involved. And this morning, what I want to talk about is the wise men that came to see Jesus. These were men that uh, the Bible said they came from the east. Uh, They were considered the Magi. Uh, These were a combination of philosophers and scientists or astronomers. Uh, The Magi were basically what we would call the Socrates or the uh, the Aristotles of that day. And uh, they were a combination of very educated men. But apparently they knew the Bible very well. They knew the scripture and they knew Bible prophecy. And they knew that a Christ was coming, that the Messiah would come. And uh, these wise men, the Bible says, came from the east. We know that these wise men were very wealthy. We know that they, uh, when they brought these gifts, uh, that these men were well-educated. And uh, many times when we think about the wise men, we think about three wise men. And actually, it weren't actually three wise men. Uh, Many scholars believe that they probably came in a caravan uh, for safety reasons. There might have been 20, 25. There might have been eight. Uh, The reason why many people say there are three wise men because there were three certain gifts that were given to Jesus. Uh, But in fact... Uh, there were probably many wise men that came and traveled uh, because they knew Bible prophecy. They understood the scriptures uh, of the coming Christ. And in Matthew chapter 2, it gives us a description of what happened. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the time of Herod the king. Now, Bethlehem is what we, they define, Bethlehem means house of bread, and it's ironic that Jesus is considered the bread of life born in the house of bread. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem, Judea, in which Herod the king, that was, uh, he was the king of that province. Uh, He wasn't actually the king of Israel. He was an appointed king by Caesar at that time, and he was really hated. In fact, the Jewish people hated this man. They couldn't stand him. And Herod himself was a very insecure man, a man. He was a, a man that was kind of paranoid in a lot of ways. Uh, History tells us that Herod was so insecure about his position and his post that he had one of his wives killed and her children killed and many relatives killed because he was afraid they would uh, overthrow his government or overthrow his throne. And so when he heard that uh, a Jewish boy or a Jewish baby would be born and he would be considered king, he kind of freaks out. I mean, he is he's troubled. 
And the Bible says there that after Jesus was born, some wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and they asked, where is the baby who was born to be the king of the Jews? And so how did these wise men know? Because they were students of the Bible. They understood Bible prophecy. They understood that it was prophesied hundreds of years before that Christ would come and he would save the world from their sin. He would be revealed and he would rescue us from our sin. The Bible says that that they begin to describe this, that we saw a star in the east and we've come to worship him. Now here's the thing about a star. It's not unusual during that time for people to use stars as navigation. Many of us are familiar with the North Stars. Back then, they used stars as a form of navigation. And so, but this star was a special star. They said, we saw this star, and we know this is the star that is indicating or had been prophesied that a Messiah would be born. The Bible says when King Herod heard the news that he was troubled, Uh, uh, really that's kind of an understatement, really means he was paranoid. He hit the panic button. I don't know if you've ever met someone like that. I mean, he hit the panic button. It's kind of like the Raider fans last night. They were in panic. You guys know what I'm talking about. And so the Bible said, yeah, I told you guys, I'm not going to let up. But anyway, he was troubled. I got texted last night, go, be easy on us, Pastor. I go, you wouldn't have been easy on me, but, uh, but here we go. I said, all I want for Christmas is the Steelers to win. And so here we are. He was troubled. Yeah, I told you guys. He was troubled as well as all the people in Jerusalem, it said. Herod called the meeting of the leading priests and all the teachers of the law, and he asked them where the Christ would be born or the Savior, the Messiah would be born. And they answered, in the town of Bethlehem, in Judea. So here is King Herod. He hears about a baby, a king being born. He gathers all of the scholars or all the priests and all the people there in his kingdom to find out exactly where it was prophesied that this baby would be born. See, they believed in scripture. They believed in Bible prophecy. They believe in the accuracy of that. That's why he gathered them. And the Bible said that then Herod had this uh, uh, secret meeting with the wise men, uh, and he learned from them the exact time that they saw the star. And he sent a wise man to Bethlehem saying, look carefully for the child, and when you find him, come directly and tell me so I can worship him too. What a fat lie. He was lying. He was looking for a way to destroy the child. He was looking for a way to kill anyone that was competing for his throne. And he was so paranoid and so insecure that, in fact, you read later on that he sent a legion of soldiers to kill any baby two years old or any any male babies two years old and under. And he had them massacred. And the scripture tells us, if you know the story, that God had warned Joseph. Joseph and Mary about the threat, and so they escaped into Egypt. And this is what it says. After the wise men heard the king, they left. The star that they had seen in the east went with them until it stopped 
above the place where the child was. So this was some kind of a unique star. This was a unique star where they were able somehow that this star indicated the place where the child was. There's been all kinds of studies of different astronomers and trying to look back in history to see if it was some type of comet or some type of, uh, of star that came out, especially during that time. And I don't know all the answers to that. I just know that there was the star, the scripture says, and it was stopped over the place where the child was born. Let me read, continue to read. When the wise men saw the star, they were filled with joy. And they came to the house where the child was and saw him with his mother Mary. And what did they do? They bowed down and they worshiped him. Notice they didn't worship Joseph. They didn't worship Mary. But they worshiped Jesus. The Bible said they came to the house. Now, I know a lot of us, I'm going to kind of just throw you off today. A lot of us think, I know we just saw this whole drama. It's all, it's, it's all good. But in actuality, the Bible says that the, 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 when the kings showed up or the wise men showed up, Jesus was already moved into a house. And many of us picture, you know, the, 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 the shepherd there and all these animals and the, and the wise men show up. And I don't want to throw you off. I know I'm messing you guys up. But they actually never saw each other. That was a separate event where the, where the shepherds showed up. And then later on, they believed maybe six months later that the wise men showed up. And now they have showed up at the house. But it's okay. Just keep doing the major thing. It all works good. It's, a, it's not a big deal, Okay. <laughs> Uh, you know, either way, they all made the first Christmas, right? And the Bible says they bowed down and they worshiped him. And then what did they do? They opened their gifts and they gave him treasures of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It's interesting that these wise men came. And what did the first thing that they do is they worshiped him. They worshiped him. They bowed down. Uh, bowing down is probably the most, uh, 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 the most dramatic way or the most uh, uh, stimulating way that you could see someone in worship is when they bowed down. So what made these wise men wise? And why did they decide to bring these particular gifts to Jesus, and I'm going to tell you what made these wise men wise, and you can write this down. I think it'll help all of us this morning, is because they were, they were seekers or they were truth seekers. They were looking for the truth. Basically, they came seeking this Savior or this king, they were not just happy wondering, but they wanted to see who this baby was and they were seeking the truth. See, I want to just tell you today, wise men still seek him. And here's the scripture, verse 2, where is the baby, they inquired with King Herod, who had born the king of the Jews. So I'm going to be honest with you, there's two kinds of people today, there are speculators and there are seekers. There are people that speculate. You probably have met them. Maybe you are one of those people that you are always a speculator. You always theorize or you guess and you made assumptions about who God is. Maybe you are one of those people that say, who is God? Well, I think God is this way and I think God is that way. Well, you know, this is my understanding about God. And really, it doesn't matter what you think because it's irrelevant. It's not true. Are you hearing me? 
A lot of these people, you know, they're, they're all speculators. They, they, they begin to theorize who God is. And speculators, you ever met them? They love to argue. They love to argue. They don't know any truth, but they just love to speculate. They love to have discussions. They love to have debates, but they don't want to know the truth. And they basically go around and round in circles. But a seeker, someone that really seeks the truth, they understand and they're willing to study and read. These guys had studied. These guys understood Bible prophecy. That's why when the star came out, they were alert. They, they were uh, well aware of what was going on. They were willing to do whatever it took to find the answer. Because that's how you're going to find the truth. If you're a truth seeker, you're willing to go to great lengths to find the truth. And let me just say this. If you have doubts about God, if you have doubts about the Bible, if you have doubts about faith, can I tell you that you're a candidate to find the truth? Because you're a person that doesn't have any preconceived ideals or preconceived biases. But when you're a speculator, you have already have all these biases. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know about this. Well, you don't know the truth. You don't know the word of God. You're basing all of this on your own philosophy, on not on the word of God. Look at what it says in Jeremiah chapter 29. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Jesus said it this way, Matthew chapter 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open unto you. If you're genuinely serious about knowing the truth, about seeking the truth, you're going to find it. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now, truth is in this place right now. If you'll hear what the word of God is saying to you today, God will speak to you. In fact, this is what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. See, that's truth. He's telling you the way to get to heaven. He's telling you he's the truth, and he's telling you he's the life. See, a lot of us, we're looking for life. Life is in Jesus. All you have to do is seek him. Number two, the reason why these wise men, the reason why these men were wise, is they were willing to go through great lengths to find him. The Bible said they came from the east. They traveled from a faraway place, and they traveled a long way's journey. The Bible said they had come, in verse number one, they had come on a long journey from the east. In other words, it cost them money. It cost them time. It cost them effort. They went through great lengths to seek Jesus, to find Jesus, and they came to the place of Bethlehem. Now, here's what's interesting about Bethlehem. It, Bethlehem is about six miles from Jerusalem. Now, the reason why that's interesting is Jerusalem was the heart of all the action going on, all the spiritual activity in the world at that time. In other words, all the major religi- religious leaders were in Jerusalem. And little did they know, six miles away, Jesus was born. Six miles away from where all this activity was happening, they, they had missed Christmas altogether. King Herod missed Christmas. The political leaders had missed Christmas. The religious leaders had missed Christmas. The business leaders had missed Christmas. And yet it was just a few shepherds 
and Mary and Joseph and a few people that actually came to Christmas that day. And these wise men. See, sometimes God could be moving in our midst and we could miss him. Sometimes we can be in church and we can miss Jesus. We can be in the presence of God. During, during this service, we can sense the presence of God, but we can still miss him because, friend, of our biases, our philosophy. We're missing what Jesus could do in our lives. Number three, what made these wise men, or what made these men wise, is they didn't stop until they met Jesus. They didn't stop until they said, we're, we're here to find the king of the Jews. We're here to find him. In other words, it was a long journey. I'm sure uh, they had met some adversity, perhaps even some obstacles, but they didn't care. They made their way. And the Bible says in verse 11, when they finally came to the place where Jesus was. In other words, they finally came to that place. They finally came to what they were seeking. Uh, they didn't give up. And I, I'm going to just tell you today, one of the things that happens as we get older, uh, we can miss the opportunity of God being in our lives. See, I remember, and most of us might remember, when you were younger, you were always, especially in your, in your uh, young teenage years or maybe in your young adult years, there was something inside of you that was saying, man, what's the purpose of life? What is the purpose? What is my purpose? Who is God? I remember wondering that at a young age. Who is God? Man, what is the meaning of my life? What, is my, what does the future have ahead? And what happens is we begin to get distracted with other things. We get involved in the career. We get involved making money and all of these things. None of that stuff is evil. Then we get involved in impressing other people, and we forget all about seeking the truth. We forget about all about who Jesus is. And number four, what made these men uh, so wise is that they came for the right reason. They came for the right reason. They came in search of the truth. They said, we come to worship him. They were looking for a way to show gratitude to the Lord. That's coming to God for the right reason. In other words, we're coming to show our grateful, we're, we're coming to give him honor. We're coming to worship him and express our love. You know what made this worship so genuine? Is they came to worship God, which Jesus was God in the flesh. They, they came to worship him, and they were worshiping him when Jesus was still a baby. In other words, they knew this baby could not do anything for them. How many know a baby's helpless? Baby can't do anything for you. In fact, the baby needs you, right? And so here is Jesus in a form, or God in a form of a baby, and they come to worship this baby where this baby could do nothing for them. Sometimes people only come to God because they want something in return. But they were worshiping God because they came to give him something, not to get something from him. See, that's true worship. You're coming for the right reason. You're not coming to see what God can do for you. You're coming to see what you can do for God. See, sometimes people treat God as a genie. Right? They, they, they just, you know, he's a lamb. They just want to rub it and say, God, give me this, give me that. You know, imagine, you know, how sometimes our prayers can be so selfish. Am I right? Think about this. I just heard this the other day. If, if, you know, when we think about our prayer, if God answered all of our prayer, 
would it make a difference in the world? Because if it's just selfish, then it's not going to make a difference. It'll help you, but it wouldn't help the world. But these wise men, they came for the right reason. They didn't come to be served. They came to serve. How many know God's not a vending machine? God's not a vending machine. And there's a lot of people that have made Christmas, uh, you know, a bunch of advertisement. Of course, we, we got kind of stuck into it, am I right? And we're, we're out there shopping and doing all that. Some of you may, may still go, man, I still got to get something. It's Christmas Day. It's too late already, right? But, but, we're, but they came for the right reason, and they came to worship Jesus. And number five, they gave Jesus their best. What made these guys so great is they didn't come to give Jesus their leftovers or their hand-me-downs, am I right? They, they didn't come to give him something worthless, right? They didn't give him a last-minute gift card. I know, I'm not, you know, don't feel guilty. You know, they didn't rewrap one of those gift cards. You know what I'm talking about? He said, hey, wait a minute, somebody else's name on here? No, they came to give Jesus their best, the Bible says they came, they came and gave him something of value. Think about this. They're worshiping him. They bowed down and they worshiped him. Verse 11, they opened their treasures, and what did they give him? They were gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I'm going to just go through each of them and tell you what each of them represent, this gold and this frankincense and myrrh. There's a, I'll just... Put this in. There was a little preschool boy that got it all confused. Instead of calling them magi or magi, he was calling them maggots. So he said, the maggots brought God, Frankenstein, and Smurfs. That's what they said. <laughs> but, but they brought gold. The first gift was gold. And when you brought gold, whenever you gave gold as a gift, uh, gold is the gift for kings. So when you went to see a king, you brought him a tribute of gold. Gold was one of the most precious metals at that time. And so they were bringing Jesus uh, this gold because they understood that Jesus was the king. He wasn't just a baby. And of course, now we know he's the king of kings, but they knew he was the king. Frankincense is an incense that they used in the temple for worship. So they understood that this was not just a mere baby, but that they understood that he was God and that he was worthy of worship. This is why they brought the frankincense as symbolic of their worship. And then myrrh is kind of a strange uh, uh, gift for a baby, but it was a spice used for medicine, cosmetic, anointing oil. And if you mix the oil that was used, many of this oil was used to anoint prophets. Many of the Old Testament with prophets were anointed by that. The Bible said that Jesus would be anointed. And also myrrh was used as the burial spice. So it was symbolic that this baby was born to die for our sins. And so they came to worship him and they understood who he was, and they were willing to give God their best. They said, we're going to give him the gold. We're going to give him the frankincense. We're going to give him the myrrh. Can you imagine if you threw a party 
a birthday party and and for, you know, let's just say, you know, I, I begin to think about how Christmas is. It's like throwing a party for millions of people or ha- having a party for yourself and millions of people come. Instead of giving you gifts, you're giving gifts to each other. Isn't that kind of Christmas already? People are just kind of giving gifts to each other, but we're not giving gifts to the birthday boy. What does God want from us? And I, I believe that God does want some gifts and some things. A lot of times we'll say, well, what do you give God when he has everything? And can I tell you, God doesn't have absolutely everything. There are some things today that you can give to God that he doesn't have yet. Number one, write this down. He wants your trust. How many will trust God this Christmas? God's looking for some trust today. And can I tell you, it takes faith to trust God. It takes you and I today to have some faith to trust God. Because we go through a time, and I mean, we've been through some time here the last few years, and it's hard to trust God. And here we are going into 2023. Man, are we really trusting God? If you really want to have a true relationship with God, you've got to learn how to trust him. The Bible says that according to your faith, it will be done to you. Psalm chapter 50, verse 14, I want you to trust me. This is God saying this. I want you to trust me in your times of trouble so I can rescue you and you can give me glory. How many know it's easy to trust God when things are going good, but can you trust God in times of trouble? Can you trust God when things aren't looking so great, when things aren't working out? See, God wants that trust. If there's anything you can give God today, give him your trust. Number two, give God first place in your life. I don't know, that's difficult. There's a lot of things that people do, but they don't put God first. Did you know that one of the first commandments is basically putting him first? He said, you shall have no other God before me. And when we think about that, we may think of, you know, some type of uh, uh, idol. And we say, well, I don't have any idols. But did you know that an idol is anything you put before God? An idol is anything you put first before God. God wants to be first in your life. Think about this. I'll be honest with you. Your career can be an idol. Your boyfriend can be an idol. Your girlfriend can be an idol. A hobby can be an idol. Your husband can be an idol. Your wife can be an idol. Your kids can be an idol. Now, there's nothing wrong with any of these. These are gifts of God. But when you begin to put the gift before God, that becomes an idol. And many times in life, instead of putting God first, we put all these other things first. And then we wonder why our lives fall apart when we lose these things. Because you were making it an idol, and it wasn't supposed to be an idol. It's supposed to be a gift of God from him to you. But when you put God first, and when things go wrong, I can tell you, God will take care of you. God will sustain you. God will empower you this morning. Jesus said it this way, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, says, seek first the kingdom of God. In other words, make him priority and his righteousness. In other words, build your life on the righteousness of God and all the other things will be given to you as well. And here's the third thing that you can give God. I'm going to go quickly as I can. Give God your heart. Give God your heart. In fact, turn to your name and say, give him your heart. Give him your heart, man. That's right. God wants your heart. 
If there's anything that you can give God, I'm telling you, if you'll just give God your heart, it will change your life. Psalm 37, verse 5, it says, open up before God, keep nothing back, and he'll do whatever needs to be done. When I just give God my heart, God, here it is. See, because what you value is always going to be in your heart. The Bible says where your treasure is, right, that's where your heart is. Or where your, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. In other words, whatever you put first. So when you put God, if he's valuable in your life, he's going he's gonna to be the first one in your heart. When you open your heart to God, say, God, come in my life. God, forgive me of my sin. Give God your heart. Put him first in your life. Surrender it all to God. Say, God, here is my heart. Here is my commitment to you. God, I surrender everything to you. I put you first in my life. I give you my heart. God wants your heart. When you can give God your heart, it changes everything. And, and, and I can tell you, the last thing here that we can give to God is we can bring others to him. Bring others to Jesus. You know, there's a lot of people today, they need the Lord in their life. Can you say amen? Amen. And even this Christmas, I pray today that during, during this week and in the next few weeks and even in the new year, that you're bringing people to Christ. That man, God, that the Bible says, for God so loved the world, right? God loves this world. Friend, we ought to love the world like Jesus does. And we ought to be willing to bring people to Jesus Christ today. That'll be the greatest gift that you can bring God. You're bringing other people to Christ. So let's, let's kind of bow our heads here and close our eyes. I'm going to pray this morning. So, Father, we thank you today for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your grace today. We thank you for your mercy today, God. We thank you for the greatest gift, Jesus. The greatest gift that will open up this Christmas is not what people gave us. It's not the gifts under the tree. But it's the gift that died on the tree, Jesus Christ. Lord, that's the greatest gift that we can have. Father, your word says today that you love us so much that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That Jesus was the gift that you gave to us to, you revealed him to us to rescue us from our sins because God, without you, we're lost. In fact, the Bible said, the wages, the sin is death, but the gift of God, the gift, Jesus is the gift, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. He's the greatest gift today that you can receive in your life today. So with every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment, if you're in this room or you're watching online right now, how many in this place right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, man, I want that gift. I wanna, I'm going to give God my heart. I'm going to trust God today. I'm going to put him first. I'm going to give him my heart today. See, God wants you to trust him. God wants you to put him first. God wants your heart today. And all you have to do is surrender. No matter what walk of life you come from, how old you are, how young you are, I want to tell you there's a God in heaven that loves you. And this is why he sent Jesus. And this is what Christmas is all about. I can't think of a better day in this whole year 
than to give your life to Jesus Christ on Christmas Day and to open the greatest gift, eternal gift, Jesus, and open up your heart to him and say, Christ, come in my life. Make me a new person. Forgive me of my sins. So if you're here today, maybe you came on your own, maybe someone brought you here, maybe someone invited you here, maybe you just came to watch the children, but you're here today, friend. I want to tell you today, there's been a gift waiting for you, and his name is Jesus. And if you open up your heart to him, he'll forgive you. He'll change your life. Friend, I'm telling you, you'll never be the same when you open your heart to Christ. So if you're in this building right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment, you say, Pastor, I need, I need the Lord in my life. I need God in my life. I want the gift that you're talking about. I want that gift. I need that gift. If that's you, just raise your hand right now. Say, that's me. Pastor, I need that gift back there. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? We're not here to embarrass you. We're not here to shame you. We're here to encourage you, friend. We're here to tell you today that Jesus is the answer. If, you'll, if you've been looking for the truth, you're not going to find it in philosophy. You're not going to find it out there. The truth is Jesus. Jesus said he is the truth. See, you're looking today. You're searching. And you're not going to find it in all those things. You're not, you won't find it in money. You won't find it in alcohol. You won't find it in any of those. Those things are empty. Those things will never fill your life. If you want the truth, his name is Jesus today. So if you're in this room right now, you haven't raised your hand. I want to take, just take a moment here. I want to give you the opportunity as, as I got the opportunity years ago to give my life to Christ. And I've never been the same. How many in this building right now, you said, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. I need God in my life right now. You haven't raised your hand. You raised it up right now. So that's me. Here's my hand. I need the Lord in my life. Raise your hand real quick and put it right back down. Is there anybody else right now? Just raise your hand. God's waiting for you right now. This is your moment. What a better time than to give your life to Christ on Christmas Day. My goodness, if that's not an opportunity, I don't know what is. How many of you right now, you'd raise your hand and say, that's me. Pastor, that's me. I need the Lord in my life. I need God in my life today. I need Jesus. I want that gift you're talking about. I want that gift. Raise your hand right now. Say, that's me. That's me. Is there anyone else right now? Say, that's me. That's me. You're talking to me right now. That's the Holy Spirit, friend. That's me. Maybe, maybe you were once walking with God. Maybe at one time you were serving God. You know what it is to go to church, but you've been away from God. And today, God's giving you an opportunity to rededicate your life to him. To rededicate your life to him. Who in this building right now said, man, I need to rededicate my life to the Lord. I need to come back. I need to return to the Lord today. Christmas Day, come back. Today's the day. Raise your hand right now. Say, that's me. That's me. Is there anyone right now? You said, that's me. I need to rededicate my life. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you over there. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Just raise your hand. I don't want you to leave here the same way you walked in. Today's your day. Today's your day. The most important part of this service, as wonderful as the children were, as great as the music is, not even my preaching, it's you giving your life to Christ. That's the highlight of everything that we do. 
That's the highlight of this service, you giving your life to Christ. Is there anyone else before I change the order of the service? That's me, Pastor. I need God in my life. I need Jesus. I need to come back. Who are you? Raise your hand. Who are you? Anyone else? Why don't we all stand together for a moment? And if you raise your hand, I think somebody back there did. We want to pray with you. Would you come? Just come meet me right down here. Amen. This young man here. Come on. Thank God. Anybody else? Anybody else want to come today? God bless you, brother. God bless you, man. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? You want to come right now? You said, man, I should have raised my hand. I should be down here. I, I should be right down there praying. Come. I'll wait for you. Is there anybody else right now? Just come right now. And we'll pray with you. We'll lead you in a prayer. Ask the Lord today with you. Anybody else? Just come. Just come. Well, we're going to pray for this young man right now. Why don't we all bow our heads and close our eyes and just repeat this prayer after me. Mean it from your heart. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's the attitude of your heart. And mean it with, your, with all your heart today. Say it to God, not to me. Repeat this prayer. Say it out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me and you rose again. I ask you, Lord, to come in my heart to forgive me of all my sins. Be Lord of my life. Make me a new person. From this day forward, I will serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just begin to pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, today. We thank you for this young man. We pray the Holy Spirit, God, on Christmas Day, Lord, that you'll touch his soul, touch his life today. And we thank you, God, today for what you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I can open the altar. If you just want to come and pray, if you just need some prayer, just come on up. We're going to worship God. And if you just want to come to the altar, say, you know what, I'm just going to come to the altar and worship. Or maybe you just need some prayer. Just come. Make your way down here. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.